This is John Goodwin. We're here at the uh, Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast, and I'm here with a very special guest, Mr. Rob Pryor. He's been uh, with Hello. us for uh, a couple of years as a judge, and we originally met you, I think, with um, the Winter Twins at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, great, great girls. Uh, very talented. Um, yeah, that's why I met you. Yeah, and uh, since then we've gotten to be uh, very good friends and very much uh, like-minded purposes to uh, forward the arts. Absolutely, that's what, that's, that's what it's about, you know. It's about getting artists a chance and, and having them uh, move forward in life. Yeah, because it was, I mean, one of the things that we've got, because we, you know, we do the contest that was created by uh, L. Ron Hubbard in the uh, early 80s and then expanded into Illustrates the Future. And the whole thing is the artist puts the future there. They're the ones that actually create, they, they have that, that mock-up that becomes future reality. And you've experienced that in all kinds of forms of art. Yeah, that's, a, God, that's an understatement. Um, yeah, I, I think that the, the contest itself is, is one of the only places of prestige that an artist can send their stuff and writers but you know i primarily will will talk right. about the artists um go figure uh <laughs> you know they can send their stuff but it can it can elevate you know an artist and something i just said to you when we weren't you know live here is anything you can put in your portfolio or your resume which indicates an advancement that is meaningful Mm -hmm. uh, is fantastic. Yeah. Now here, I mean, here, right here on Hollywood Boulevard, where your studio is, <clears throat> you've gone in, you branched into movies. So I have. Yes. how did that evolution go? Dumb luck. <laughs> um, no, you know, a far smarter man than me said, luck is just preparation meets opportunity. So, you know, I was prepared and I had the opportunity, uh, and it just happened to be that, that I, was, I was fairly decent, decent at it, um, which is now leading to more films. And it's, I, think, I think in art in general, it's, it's a progression. Mm -hmm. You know, whether or not you want to do movies or whether or not, there's always something that I think an artist needs to push for or look forward to, whether it be bigger gallery shows. Um, I ran into a couple of artists, one yesterday, and as a matter of fact, that was very content, which is fine, is absolutely fine at, at being where he was, but then he complained about not making enough money. And I was like, well, then you have to be able to move forward. So I think an artist should always be on the lookout for whatever their, their next step is. And, you know, bringing it, you know, full circle here for a second, I think writers and illustrators of the future, illustrators of the future, <coughs> um, <laughs> you know, gives, gives a chance and also lets them talk to, you know, many of their, their own, their peers to see mm -hmm. where they are and many of the people who have made it before them uh, to see how they got there. Exactly. Now you were, um, you studied under Frank Fazetta as, uh, as For a, a very short period of time, <laughs> one semester in school. Yes. But it was an, it was a, it was a, it was life changing. But that was his last class. Was was his very last, his very last one in Pennsylvania. Yeah, because he was one of the first illustrators of the future judges, and yep. his he was very, very keen on the whole subject of paying it forward, and he loved this contest. He came a few different times to the awards events, but he was like very much into 
paying it forward and helping the next generation that the future of, of illustration of art was, was there. So what did you get from working with him or what was um, his impact? Just even at that point, he was a legend. So, um, you know, what I got was, well, first of all, a lot of shit for not doing things right. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it was, it was one of the very first times that in my life that I could say, wow, somebody made it, so why can't I? Right. Um, and I thought that that was, that was probably the thing I took most out of it in some way. You know, obviously technique and stuff like that. Um, by the way, if you hear a purring in the background, that's just my compressor walking to my studio. Um, <laughs> at least it's not people screaming. Yes. Um, but... I, and that's why I, I liken even my experience then to to the, the illustrators of the future. Yeah, I mean, he just had yeah. his, I mean, one of his paintings just sold for $4.2 million. Yeah. Auction. That's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, but it's like I said, he he did it. So if he can do it, yeah. and you're... Your objection to do it while you're still, it will be to do it while you're, or your object will be to do it while you're still alive. Well, hopefully. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, that's, that's the goal. Yes. Um, yeah, I'd like to be able to enjoy it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. And, you know, but, but I think, you know, I think a smart artist also plans for their inevitable demise. Yeah. Um, and making sure that they leave a legacy, whatever legacy that is. Good. Now, bridging over to another subject. Absolutely. Drips. How did you evolve? <laughs> That's like, you're just, it's almost like unique. Uh, You've created that as a, as a whole art form. Yeah. You know, I was primarily a photo realist um, early on in my career for most of the years. You know, I was with Dungeons and Dragons TSR. It was um, semi-photorealistic fantasy. And mm -hmm. then I moved into airbrushing and it was airbrushing perfect photorealism this is this is sort of predating photoshop which you know ages me a bit but um so that was what i did so my goal in my everyday existence was to create the most photorealistic thing i could mm -hmm. well i burned out on that and uh you know i remember when i moved to hollywood and i sort of switched up careers a little bit when i first got here which was you know storyboarding and you know all the things doing dealing with entertainment uh, or this typical, this, this basic entertainment, um, movies, uh, I just got burned out, man. And I'd always painted sort of sloppy and drippy and stuff like that. Cause it was how, how I could get away from, from my own, you know, trappings, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, my wife one day looked at me and she, cause I was like, I'm, I'm burning out, honey. And she was like, I can't live with you if you're not painting because I'll go crazy. So she goes, why don't you just paint like you normally do? I was like, nobody wants to see that. Come to today. I mean, that's that's how I paint. I just I throw paint. Pray to God it looks like something when I'm done. Which it definitely does. Now, one thing that you've touched on so many different aspects of art throughout your career. Some people give the advice just stick to one thing and just really do it. You've definitely not followed that as a as a no, point of advice. No, I. You know, they they always say you know. Was it jack of all trades, master of none? Whoever said that can, can basically F off. Um, you know, I think, I think as an artist, especially today, you need to know how to do multiple things because 
you know, there is a computer, then there, there is paints, there is sculpting, there is all these things. And the more you know, the more valuable you become in somebody who's going to hire you's eyes, or the more chance you have to switch careers or switch, let's say, if, for me, if my art career isn't necessarily doing what I need it to do at that particular moment, I, I concentrate more on movies. It's, it's, a, it's a way to keep funds coming into the household mm-hmm. and um, elevate yourself as an artist, you know? I think if you, you know, I'm being long-winded here, but I think if you burn, if you burn out on one style and have nowhere to go, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. Cause you can always get a toy line. You can always, <laughs> you can always get a toy line or jeans or, you know, something like that. I don't know what you're talking about, John. Um, yeah, you can. So, um, one thing too, that you, you have a, a trademark symbol that goes on every piece of art that's you can you tell that story how that came to be i think it's fascinating i think i need to make up a new story uh just because you know (laughs) i think i think this one this one's just too normal um one time when i was in in the deep jungles i saw a chicken so i had to put it on every painting no i put a chicken head in every painting that i do um and that's because a publisher at the time was hiring me to do a three-issue series of a comic book. And I hadn't worked with him before. And he goes, uh, you know, Pryor, I'm going to hire you. But I know you hide things in your paintings. So if you hide anything, I'm going to fire you. I was like, dude, what would I do? I had a chicken head in every page. So I did. Um, and I got really bold with it. I mean, there was a double splash page. You turn it sideways. It was a giant chicken head. And... Uh, you know, during about the third issue, this was before we had cell phones, um, he calls me up at about three in the morning and I answer the phone, I'm like, hello. And he goes, yeah, I'd fire you right now, but I'm too busy looking for your chicken heads. Click. Uh, and, and it just stuck. It, and, you know, I was like, man, out of all the things that could have stuck, all my fans wanted to keep seeing chicken heads. And I was like, man, that's, why couldn't it pick something cooler? And, you know, my wife goes, well, it fits you. And I was like, well, honey, that's not a compliment. But, okay. Um, but that's how the chicken head story, uh, that's, how I, that's why I had a chicken head and everything. Yeah, the book covers you did for us recently. Yep. You know, the first thing I did is, okay, let's find the chicken it's, head. It's a, you know, everybody it's, does. The, the sad part about it is once you see it, you can't unsee it. So, you know, <laughs> pretty soon it just starts haunting you in your sleep. And you're like, chicken heads. And then I, you know, then you go crazy. And then I have to pay the bill. No. No, you've got... Uh, I mean, this is all good stuff because this is now, Rob Pryor, that each, each time that you do one of these things here, the R and the P gets a bit bigger and a bit bigger on... Yeah, pretty soon the painting is going to be one inch by one inch, but my initials are going to be like four foot by four foot. Which works because it's going to be... Uh, sure. Find the chicken head inside it's the fine. R. Find the chicken head in the R. See? Exactly. See, it all has... A, there's all an end to the game. Yes. So um, I guess, you know, as a judge for the, for the Illustration Future Contest... What would you say to the aspiring illustrator or someone? Because one thing that people also say, yeah, well, that's, I'm not Rob Pryor. You know, it's, it's like... Thank God, nobody wants to be. Anybody, any more people inside my head, but, more screwed. But they can aspire to be it. But some people, especially the beginning artist or writer, is, is so full of self-doubt and self-invalidation that they take on because they know they don't... I can't do that, I can't do that. And so what advice you give to somebody like that? Because, you know, you still have people like... Um, Larry Elmore says, he's always talking about, God, I'm, 
I'm just not good enough. He's always talking about somebody else being better than him. Mm -hmm. He's always trying to learn more. He's just, he's an amazing artist. So it seems to be, maybe not everybody, but it seems to be part of the DNA of, of a of real artist that just, they pour their soul into it and they're afraid of rejection or whatever it is. So what advice do you have for the aspiring artist? Screw rejection, who cares? No, I, I, the aspiring artist, you know, I'll say the line that, that drives my entire family crazy because I say it all the time is you can do anything you want to do if you want to do it bad enough. Um, but, you know, the other truth to that matter is if I'm going to give some advice to somebody, it, it's one thing to become better because that's our goal as an artist or whatever, and it should be at all times, mm -hmm. is to constantly get better. Um, and, and you don't have to get better for anybody else. You got to get better for you. But the thing I find that holds most artists back isn't have anything to do with art. It is to do with that little ball of fear that lives in their stomach and the rejections that they get. And what people don't understand is sometimes if you're turning it into an art director, unless you've turned it in your portfolio in three times, right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that first time, you know, he had a hangover, you know, maybe the second time he'd already gone through a thousand portfolios that day he doesn't want to look at another portfolio. So if yours happened to be one of the last ones he looked at, it's going into a pile is, re is rejected. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or any number of things could have happened to him on that day. Or maybe you're just not quite there yet. Right. The things you need to do is, you know, write, write the assistant and say, Hey, I'm just asking so I can improve. What can I do to get better? And maybe they'll tell you, maybe they won't, but don't stop. Just keep doing it because if I'm correct, there has been writers. In fact, I think the winner last year, and I'm not, I don't, you don't quote me on this because it's either the winner or one of the, one of the runners up who had entered the contest, you know, 47 times, 47 times and didn't give up, you know, 47 times, 46 rejections. Oh, well, but he did it. People give up because their feelings get hurt. And, you know, what I say is go cry me a river, do it again. So that's, that's the biggest advice I could give. That's awesome. And then do you find that when you do things to, uh, when you first started, did you try to emulate others? Is that part of the, the, of the um, curve of developing your own style is to emulate I, other masters, people that you like? I, I think emulation comes with, with learning. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be able to do before, you know, you have to be able to walk before you can run. So I think emulation is, is, a, is a very healthy, natural part. Now, if you then make your career, which I have uh, people who then send me pictures saying, I'm going in this direction in my full career. And look, it looks just like yours. Uh, there's a part of me that, that, that weeps for their soul. <laughs> No, that, that and makes me want to tase them. Um, that makes me go, you know what? Be original. You yeah. know, I tell, I tell all of my apprentices, you know what? You know, study what I do. Learn from what I do, but don't become me. You know, yeah. find your own voice. That was a whole big thing yesterday. Just find your own voice. Um, you know, that, that is what I, what I say is, sure. Long, again, long-winded answer, <laughs> thanks, Pryor, um, is emulate, but then create. Good. 
Well, that's very awesome advice. Any particular, anything else you'd like to say before we uh, wrap this up here in terms of aspiring artists or even a writer or the future of society as you see it's going now and, and the role of artists in shaping it? Um, yeah, I think that uh, as artists all around the world uh, probably should quit shaving cats. Uh, you know, if, I had to, if I had to give any bit of advice, I would say probably just stop it. Stop it now before you're on post office walls. Um, no, I. Uh, <laughs> um, Bing. No, I, again, I just say push forward, do yeah. what you can and enter this contest for Christ's sake. Enter the contest. It's free for a guy out loud. It, it's it's free. It and it. And it can elevate you, and it's good to have competition. It's great. It's yeah. if you don't win, it's it's that's even better because you should you should walk away going, well, I'm going to win next year. Competition is really good because there's a, only a couple ways you get better, and that is by study and by drive. You know, I, I often I often say this one thing: I would rather hire somebody who has work has great drive and skill than somebody who is lazy and has talent. That makes sense. That makes yep. actually good sense. <clears throat> There's a lot of talented people out there. <sighs> so one last thing then. Sure. Because I just realized on the, the importance of social media or making yourself known because God, artists, I hate social media. Yes, it's very important. But in terms of, because I noticed that artists are great with pictures but not always so good with words. Yeah, I'm one of those. Um, which is, which is why I have somebody do my social media. Just kidding. No, I'm not. I, but I do answer, I do answer almost everything, especially in Instagram. So hint, hint, if somebody's writing me, write me an Instagram, I'll answer it. Um, otherwise you're going to get somebody else answering it. Yeah. Uh, social media nowadays is, is super important. And, and the, and the younger kids in my studio try to point that out. Um, because they're really good at it, and I'm not. Yeah. Um, but, but it is. It's, it's vitally important, and, and I think learning technologies as they come up is, is also important. Uh, however you can get yourself out there, you should get yourself out there. Good. And, and now there's so many ways to do it. So, yeah. Good. Okay, well, that pretty much covers what I wanted to, uh, to talk about, because I think it's really important what you've uh, got to uh, say to these aspiring artists, because it's... It's important they need to know that wherever they are now, they can make it to where they you can if they you, want to. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to want to. You got to want to a lot. Um, but yeah. yeah. Thank you for thank you for coming down to the studio and entering my my realm of madness. And uh, yeah. Great. Thanks a lot, Rob. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future and Illustrators of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Writers and Illustrators of the Future are contests created by Elrond Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to new and amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. 